It's a Christmas gift maybe many people weren't expecting. Nick Jackson, the Hawkeye linebacker, has been given a waiver and another year of eligibility. We break it down, talk some bull buzz, plus hand out grades for the first half of the season on Iowa Hoops. All today, Locked On Hawkeyes. You are Locked On Hawkeyes, your daily podcast on the Iowa Hawkeyes. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, welcome in. I'm Trent Condon, and this is the Lockdown Hawkeyes podcast. Thanks for making Lockdown Hawkeyes your first listen every day. We're available wherever you get podcasts. You can also find us on YouTube. While you're there, make sure you hit that subscribe button. Helps us get in front of more Hawkeye fans. Well, it is after Christmas, the day after Christmas, and after our bowl preview, a crossover edition with Eric of Lockdown Vols. Happy to Start to, count, start to count down the days until we get to the bowl game a week away. January 1st, the Hawkeyes against Tennessee in the Citrus Bowl. We'll break things down as the week continues. Uh, but the big news, obviously, of the last oh, 24, 48 hours was the news that we found out that Nick Jackson, the Hawkeye linebacker, has been given another year of eligibility, a waiver that was put in, and he will be eligible for another year. Now, still no decision has been made by Nick Jackson if he's going to use that final year of eligibility. But this is something that we've bandied about here on Lockdown Hawkeyes, talking about the ability of him possibly coming back for another season. Um, you look at him, he's played five years, uh, going back to his true freshman season. That was a short one, played under the uh, four-game threshold in back in 2019. Played the full 2020 through 2023 seasons, the three with Virginia. And then, of course, this final season with the Iowa Hawkeyes, a guy that is a tackle away from his fourth consecutive 100-tackle season. Put up 99 tackles this year, four sacks, two forced fumbles. A guy that really came on, I thought, as the season went on. But the question about him, well, you might be wondering, how would a guy like this that has played basically four-plus years of college football, even with the COVID year, how would he be eligible for another year of eligibility. Remember, his final season at Virginia was cut short with the tragic shooting uh, with some of his teammates and a number of, uh, of people, uh, students from the University of Virginia. So that was something that was bandied about at the time as they didn't play, I believe, the final three games of that season. And because of that, they were basically uh, given a possibility of getting the waiver. That has been granted by the NCAA. Uh, that information comes from uh, da- Brad Heinrichs of the Swarm Collective. He passed that along to uh, some of the subscribers, both at HawkeyeReport.com, Tom Caker's site, David Eichel, Jean Bach over at Hawkeye Insider. So that's where this information is coming from. And it's absolutely a huge one. You know, Iowa comes into next season with plenty of question marks. And one thing that we've talked about a lot here is with this defense and what they are and what they potentially could be, this defense has a chance to be really special. But it's going to be a lot of guys coming back for another year of eligibility. And speaking of the Iowa Swarm, that's what they're working to do right now, is finding a way to make this financially viable for these guys. Every one of them will have an opportunity at the next level. All of these players that we talk about all are going to have a chance to play in the NFL. Not all of them will be drafted. Some will be undrafted or late-round picks. We know how difficult it is for those late-round picks and for the undrafted guys just to make a 53-man roster, even make a practice squad. It is incredibly difficult and a tall, tall task to be able to climb up and get onto one of those rosters. So this is who we're talking about. 
you start with Nick Jackson. Obviously, we at least have step one of this, knowing that the waiver has been granted, and now he's got a decision. That means now is the Iowa Swarm going to make it financially viable for him to go out and do that? I mean, that's a huge piece of this as well, is you're not going to come back for 20 grand, right? That's not what's going to happen. In fact, every one of the football players, uh, I believe, gets more than that. Uh, it doesn't matter if you're, you know, the guy that's 85th on the rung in terms of scholarship players all the way through to number one, they do get more than that. But for a guy to come back to cut down what it would be a signing bonus, the guaranteed money that would come with that, an ability to make a team and how much money that would be in the NFL, doesn't make sense to make it one more go around and go through that route. Other guys that are on this list. Well, his running mate at, mate at the linebacker spot, Jay Higgins. And been a lot of conversation from his dad, Hawk, Hawk, Hawk over there. Uh, who has been talking about uh, doing a lot of praying, uh, talking and giving his thought, him and his uh, Jay's mom, about what their thoughts were, running it back for another season. Obviously, that is another one that's going to be bandied about. And Jay Higgins, I believe he is going to possibly have a decision out there before we get to the bowl game. That sounds like kind of the timeline that Jay Higgins was looking at. We saw the emergence of him at the middle linebacker spot. It seemed impossible for anybody to be able to replace the production of Jack Campbell a year ago. Jay Higgins was right there. He was absolutely amazing in on every play, played incredibly well in a spot that is inevitable, right? Never want to be the guy replacing a legend, and that's what Jack Campbell was, and Jay Higgins did that incredibly well. If you bring Jackson and Higgins back, look out. I mean, that linebacker crew is set. Now, does that mean some of the younger linebackers perhaps are going to be looking at potentially looking for another place to play, uh, that could be a real possibility. And that's something that's kind of the yin and yang, right? Of the roster construction that you're growing through and figuring out all of that. So uh, you put those two guys out there. And if Jay Higgins decides he is going to give it a shot at the next level and he's going to depart and go off to the NFL draft, if that happens, well, that means Nick Jackson then could move back to middle. And though he's not a big guy, he's not as big as Jay Higgins and certainly not the size of a Jack Campbell. This is a guy that's done it incredibly well, highly productive during his career. Again, 103, 117, 104 tackles in his three years at Virginia before that. Uh, also five sacks his final season at Virginia, two and a half the year before. We mentioned the four that he had this season. This is a guy that's a playmaker and a guy that can make plays in the middle. So even now, if one of the two guys comes back, you're in really good shape and you can mix and match and, and kind of figure things out there. Speaking of linebacker, another guy that could come back for another season is Kyler Fisher. But because of the scholarship crunch, you wonder if both Higgins and Jackson or even one of those guys come back, if just numbers-wise, knowing that Iowa is over the scholarship limit, they're going to be looking to trim. and Maybe there's not going to be that possibility for him. That is to be determined. The great unknown for a lot of people is Cooper DeGene. Now, I would be absolutely fall out of my chair shocked if Cooper DeGene comes back for another season, you're talking about millions of dollars as a first round NFL draft pick. The Hawkeye swarm couldn't compete with that. And not only couldn't compete, I don't know if you'd want to, because there is a finite amount of money that is the, in the swarm collective. And though Brad and the crew have done a great job of building that nest aid up, they want to see it go higher and higher as they should. Uh, something in the range of 2,500 people that right now give to the Hawkeye swarm. You know, they want to see those numbers up towards 10,000, like four times the amount of people in there. And when you think of the amount of season ticket holders for football, 10,000 is not a unrealistic number and the changing landscape of college sports. That's what I was going to need to compete at the highest levels and to be able to compete, not just with the brethren, you know, the old big 10 West, but, but also the, the big dogs out there. And that's what it's going to be going forward. 
the Michigans, the Penn States, the Ohio States. That's what you're competing with now. And, of course, the additions of Oregon and Washington and USC. It is a different level that they're going to be competing with just to get to a conference championship game, just to get into a 12-team college football playoff. Uh, that is something definitely that you're going to need. A couple other players we're still awaiting decisions on. Again, no timeline on the rest of these guys that I've seen at this point. Quinn Schulte did a great job at safety. He was incredible, just right place, right time, all the time for Quinn Schulte. I know they're excited about Cohen Intringer. You saw him in the bowl game make that ridiculous rundown play after missing a tackle on the punt return, the big punt return coming back and making the play inside the 10-yard line. He would be the heir apparent for him at the safety position. Him and Xavier Wampa would be the two guys, but Schulte has a decision to make. Jabari Harris, I think, is a huge one. Mentioned Cooper DeGene going on. I just cannot envision a scenario where he comes back for another season of eligibility. Getting Jamari Harris back, that would be absolutely big. And we saw some good things, obviously, this year at the cornerback position by some of the young guys. We didn't get to see a ton of TJ Hall uh, because of injuring the back half of the year. But Deshaun Lee acquitted himself incredibly well in his redshirt for freshman campaign. I think that young man from Michigan has got a chance to be really special over there. John Nestor will be back. Uh, Devin Hilson another guy that can come back for another year. But uh, if Jamari Harris comes back, you're talking about a guy that played really well and a guy that was targeted a bunch because, well, Cooper DeGene was on the other side and did a really good job. And then the tight end position, uh, what they're going to do there. Sebastian Castro is another one we got to throw in the defensive mix. This defense can be incredibly special. We'll talk about those tight ends. We'll talk a little bit more about this. Plus, we will break down a little basketball coming up, plus some buzz coming out of the bowl game. We got a lot going on. And we got it for you here on the Lockdown Hawkeyes podcast as we continue. Stay right there as we talk some more Iowa football here the day after Christmas. Stay right there. Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more, whether into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. That's ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. eBay guaranteed fit only available to U.S. customers. Trent Connor back with you once again on the Lockdown Hawkeyes podcast. As always, thanks for making Lockdown Hawkeyes your first listen every day. Well, we were talking a lot about the defense and think about what this defense potentially could be next season if these guys make the decision to come back. One more go around in the new iteration of the Big Ten. Look, the Big Ten next season, it's going to be a behemoth. And, and Iowa's schedule coming in next season. So the non-conference, Illinois State, Iowa State, and Troy. Troy's a pretty good team from the Sun Belt. Illinois State's been an okay MVC team, and we know Iowa State, but not exactly murderers Earl. And this is how play goes in the Big Ten next season. Open up at Minnesota. Chance to reclaim the pig, but we know that's going to be a close game. It's been a close game for the most part of P.J. Flex tenure and anticipate nothing different coming up next season. Iowa gets a ball, a bye, excuse me, after that game before they go on another road trip. This time, 
to Columbus uh, two years ago did not go very well for the Hawkeyes. They come back home then on October 12th. I'm looking forward to this one as Washington comes to town. It'll be a new look Husky team. Michael Penix and company, those great great wide receivers will be departing still. Uh, Washington's done a great job. Kalen DeBoer, their, car, uh, their head coach, has done an incredible job. From his time at University of Sioux Falls, he did a good job at Fresno. He was at Indiana OC uh, before he departed to take that job at Fresno. Really good team, really good coach. And, of course, Ryan Grubb, guy that a lot of people like to see as the OC uh, guy from Iowa, Northwest Iowa connections up there coming back home. At Michigan State after that, before they come home for Northwestern and Wisconsin back-to-back. Then the road trip in November to UCLA. That's right. They'll be playing in the Rose Bowl on November 9th, another bye week there before they go to Maryland and then wrap up things against Nebraska. So that's the way the schedule sets up for 2024. A little more meat, but outside of that road trip to Ohio State, also not overly daunting. It's tough, no doubt. I'm more difficult than it was when you're playing the Big Ten West. Like you're substituting, what, Purdue? You're substituting out Illinois. And you're welcoming in Ohio State and Washington and UCLA and Maryland. Will be a new look without Tunga Vailoa uh, coming in this season, but still uh, going to be incredibly difficult. Still, that defense, a defense set up in that fashion, a defense with the potential return of both your starting linebackers, now with the news of Nick Jackson along with Jay Higgins, with the potential Sebastian Castro coming back as well as he played at the cash position, a defensive defensive front with Deontay Craig, who had a disappointing year, I would say, in 2023, a disappointment from certainly what I anticipated it was going to be. I saw his numbers from back a year before in a limited role and thought he was just going to accelerate. He was banged up most of this season. I think that was a part of it, and I think he's got a chance for a breakout season. We saw Ethan Herkett, of course, made the play in the Nebraska game with the interception. He played at a high level. He was a playmaker all over the place. Max Llewellyn was out there. Thought he did some good things a year ago. That's your defensive end front. You throw in Y.E. Black coming back. Remember, Y.E. Black was lost with that shoulder injury late in, what was it, the Wisconsin game, if memory serves. Still, even with that shoulder injury, he saw he had the big harness on the shoulder. He still played really, really well in the back half of the year. He's really good. Aaron Graves, now with a potential starting role taken over for Logan Lee. Jeremiah Pittman also in there. They got dudes up front. That defensive line is still incredibly deep, and I think a chance to really be good up front. And then he throw to Sean Lee, potentially Jabari Harris coming back, Quinn Schulte, Xavier Wampa. I mean, over the last four games of the year, after the injury to Cooper DeJean, that defensive backfield still played really, really well. Another year of experience. You get Entringer out there. Castro again running the cash position. I mean, that defense is going to be salty. So what about the offense? Well, Cade McNamara will be back. We know that injuries have been a big story, obviously, of his career and trying to keep him healthy, upright. And how about just a full, healthy season? How nice that would be, right? The emergence of Caleb Brown. At this point, all three running backs coming back next season. You got an offensive line that's going to return basically everybody from an offensive line that did improve outside of Rusty Feth. His eligibility is over. Kate Peeper's a guy that uh, showed up on the depth chart last late in the season as a true freshman. We saw Tyler Ellsbury play really well at the center position. You know, what do they do there at the center position? What does that mean for Logan Jones? Does one of those guys shift outside to guard? Do both of them stay at center? I would be certainly a proponent of Tyler Ellsbury staying at center and moving Logan Jones out to one of the guard positions, maybe become the guy taking over for Rusty Feth. You got Colby back for another season, Jennings Dunker, who was pretty good at the right tackle position. Better. I wondered about the speed out there. There were times that he definitely struggled. 
And then you want to see a healthy year, obviously, for Mason Richmond. Uh, that's definitely a big piece of this as well. Offensively, though, it's about the tight end position. Regardless of who the new offensive coordinator is going to be, the tight end position is always going to be something incredibly important to Iowa and Iowa football. So you put the tight end position out there. You bring back Addison, Addison Estrenga. He really emerged, obviously, after the injuries this year. You're excited about his future, and he looks to be the next in the long line of the tight end position. But you couple it with the potential return for Luke Lachey, who, though will not play in the bowl game, is getting healthy. He's going to be good enough to go through all the pre-draft workouts, do all those things. Potentially, likely, I would say, get an invite to the NFL Draft Combine, and he's getting an opportunity. However, on the other side, you have Eric All, And Eric All, a guy that, with the torn ACL, likely is not going to be ready until early fall. What, September? Maybe is the earliest that he's going to be ready to go. And what kind of NFL team is going to take a shot on him? With the back injury that he sustained at Michigan, the ACL injury that he had at Iowa. Can he be an undrafted guy? Absolutely. He's going to find a spot in a camp, but how much run is he going to be able to get? Obviously coming off that injury could be difficult or come back for another season. One more go around, make a little bit of money in Iowa with the swarm collective. Uh, there's a real potential there. I think it starts with Luke Lachey. What his decision is going to be will impact what they do with Eric Gall and how much money they're going to be able to throw at him. Exciting time and exciting to see what that coordinator spot's going to look like. And we'll continue to break things down. We'll break down a little basketball as well as we continue here on the Lockdown Hawkeyes podcast. Hawkeye Hoops, one more game in the non-conference for the men's team. Women's team looking great once again, ranked in the top five in the country. They've done some really good things. We'll talk about that as we continue. Little basketball here the day after Christmas. And what a Christmas present we got with Nick Jackson getting that waiver. Will it matter? Will he come back? Still to be seen. We're talking hoops next. It's Locked On Hawkeyes. Trent kind of back with you one final time on the Locked On Hawkeyes podcast. Thanks for making Locked On Hawkeyes your first listen every day. So as we sit here on the 26th, one more game to go for the men's basketball team before we get back into conference play. So they will play Friday evening. Six o'clock is the tip against Northern Illinois. Northern Illinois team that is okay. Now, out of this group of teams that they played during the portion of the non-conference, right, the, the bye games in the conference slate, they're the best of the group. Now, that's not to say that this Northern Illinois team is great because they're not. This is not a very good team in their own right, but it's better than UMBC or Florida A&M or North Florida, Arkansas State, Alabama State, North Dakota. This is the best of that group. The right 218th at Kempom. I was projected to win this game by 15 points at Kempomeroy, but will be, again, maybe a little bit of a step up in competition. After nine days off, after the game last Wednesday against UMBC, out there one final time. So it feels like they feel like they know what they're going to do now in the starting lineup. Tony Perkins, since he's been inserted as the starting point guard, he's had seven assists in both games. He's played really well. They need Tony Perkins at their best. Look, if I was going to get back into this and get themselves, even us considering being a bubble team, you're going to need Tony Perkins to continue game after game to play at a high level. Perkins can run the point. He's done in the past. We talked about during their run two years ago in the Big Ten tournament is him and Bohan and a lot of times sharing those point guard opportunities. And then you have the emergence of Brock Harding. And Brock Harding, look, he's not big, right? There's going to be times that he's going to be pulverized. He's going to be beat up. But, you know, it kind of equates to 
Another freshman that we saw a year ago in the Big Ten and Braden Smith, not a real big guy in his own right, a little bit small, a little bit at times, uh, can be pushed around, but he played really well. He's playing even better now as a sophomore. How much is Iowa going to go out there, and how much are they going to give the opportunity to get Brock Harding to be that point guard? I'm playing him out there with Perkins a little bit more. I think DeSante Bowen still has enough. This guy has played incredibly well this year. He, not a great shooter from the outside. That's not one of his strengths, but his ability to get to the rim. There's a lot of pieces. And when you kind of hand out grades to this point, I would give this team at this moment a C minus. They're a C minus. Losses to Creighton, we thought that before the year. And though they played better than I think a lot of people expect in that game in Omaha, it was still an L. Didn't compete against Oklahoma. They were pushed around in that game. That was a disappointing one. The blowout week. Losing to Purdue, Iowa State, Michigan. Well, the Purdue game, of course, you saw that coming. Coming on the heels of Purdue, losing to Northwestern. They're coming back home. That went the way that you anticipated. But just getting blown out by Iowa State in that fashion, the non-compete that was there, that was frustrating to see. And then to lose to Michigan. A Michigan team I just frankly don't think is very good. They had so much tumult happening around the program. I mean, that's what drops it down. You can maybe even give them a D plus. You want to be a tough grader. You could say this Iowa basketball team at this point has been a D plus. Handing out grades for the players. Owen Freeman's an A. Uh, this guy has absolutely been even more, I think, than anybody could have anticipated at this point in time. Playing at an incredibly high level. What, three Big Ten freshmen of the week? He's playing well. Ben Cricky, as advertised, right? There's a B-plus for you. Not a great defender. Not an excellent rebounder. He's okay. Was better the last time out. But a guy that can score really nifty around the hoop. He's fun to watch. He can do the things and a good compliment uh, coming in from the transfer portal. Peyton Sanford, I put a little bit lower. Now, he's shooting well from the outside, 38% from three, 37.5% to be exact from downtown. You just want to see a little bit more, and it's probably not fair to Peyton Sanford. The thing that I love about Peyton Sanford, though, is he gives a crap. His give a crap factor is incredibly high, really, really high for Peyton Sanford. I put him at, eh, let's give him a straight B for Peyton Sanford at this point. Brock Harding, B. Maybe that's a little bit low when he's out there. He makes plays. He does a lot of good things. The assist rate is through the roof. He's playing at a high level. I got to get him out there. DeSante Bowen, B minus. Still waiting for more. Josh Dix, probably a C. Elijah Dembele, B. I think a little bit more from him than I thought we were going to see. Price Sanford, he'd be more in that D plus range. Uh, you can see probably a little bit too early for Price Sanford to be an impactful player. Josh Dix. A disappointment, I would say. I thought we were going to see more from him. That, that's kind of a run-through of the players and the team. On the women's side at this point, they're at A-. minus. They've taken all, com all comers. They got to avenge their one loss of the season against Kansas State. It's clicking. Want to see more? Look, if this team's going to be a Final Four team on the women's side, this team's got to be better than they are right now. But the Big Ten is going to provide plenty of opportunities for this Iowa women's basketball team to get a whole lot better. Caitlin Clark's doing her thing. We saw Gabby Marshall last time out against Loyola sit out. She's been banked up, hasn't shot it very well. Need that to get going. She had the lull a year ago shooting the basketball. That needs to come back. We know what an impactful player that she is, obviously, on the other end of the floor defensively and what she does. And that's why she's on the floor more times than not is what she does defensively. A falter has been a huge, huge step forward. The post play, Sharon Goodman, has been really good, better than I anticipated this year. Give her a good grade. On the other side, Addison O'Grady. Can we get more out of O'Grady inside? Got to be quick with the ball. Got to do those things that Jan Jansen teaches so well. Get it up quickly, right? 
No thinking. Up with the ball. Get to the rim. Get it off the glass and in. Need to see more of that from O'Grady. Kate Martin, I think she's taken a step forward this year in her final season of eligibility. Uh, Molly Davis is another one. I didn't know what it was going to be. She's not real big, just five foot three. There are times defensively you wonder if she was going to be able to compete in the Big Ten. She's taken a step forward definitely this season. Need to see more as a whole. This team's got to play better if they're going to make another run in the NCAA tournament, but they're in really good shape at this point in the season. This is the Lockdown Hawkeyes podcast. As always, thanks for making Lockdown Hawkeyes your first listen every day. Your team every day. That's what we do here on the Lockdown Network, and not just with the Hawkeyes, your favorite NFL team, your favorite NBA team, your favorite MLB team, plus our national shows. We got you covered as well. On top of it, Lockdown has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Lockdown Sports Today is here for you 24-7, covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of Lockdown, plus our national shows that cover every league. Go to Lockdown Sports Today on YouTube and hit that subscribe button for the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. Later in the week, we will hear from former Hawkeye running back LaShawn Daniels. We'll get more ready for the bowl game against Tennessee. One more basketball game, as mentioned in the non-conference on Friday night. We'll get ready for that one a little bit more, and then conference play begins with a big one as the Hawkeyes make their way to Madison. Football, basketball, got to get some wrestling in here as well. Hope to get Biz in here this week. We'll see what his schedule allows. Yes, he does have a real job. He just doesn't talk with me. So we'll try to get Biz in here. I know there's been some people clamoring over on the uh, podcast, on the YouTube side of things, getting a little more Biz back in here, and we will work to do that here in this final week before the new year. Again, thanks for making Lockdown Hawkeyes your first listen every day. We'll talk to you again tomorrow. Go Hawks.